Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back to From the Press Box, the Holland Sentinel Sports S weekly podcast where we talk anything and everything sports. Along with assistant sports editor Bo Troutman, I'm Yo. Dan Diodano. Yo, indeed. And uh, yeah, we're in the postseason here. Uh, there's Finally. Only boys basketball has you know a couple games left this week in the regular season. Everybody else is postseason, as that old LeBron commercial went with the yeah. little figures. Postseason. Oh, yeah. Old school. So... Yeah, Bo, I mean, let's talk about the last, I mean, we had our last Friday night basketball doubleheaders, uh, and it was rivalry week. Uh, I mean, everybody thing was rivalry week. We had a, the Hope Cal women played, yeah. but we had Saugatuck versus Fenville, Hamilton versus Holland Christian, Holland versus Zealand East, and West Ottawa versus Rockford. That's a tough rivalry week to beat. Yeah. Um, so, Bo, you were at Saugatuck Fenville. I mean, let's start there. I mean, I know Saugatuck hasn't had, for the boys' side, hasn't had you know quite the year but they put up a pretty good fight it was a pretty good rivalry game and uh just tell me a little bit about i mean you went to Saugatuck. i did so what i mean what has it been like as when you were a student there and also now to now just the atmosphere of that game i mean we've talked about it as fenville where it's the now it's the westlander never forgotten game and everything like that but from the Saugatuck perspective when the games are there what is that atmosphere like that's awesome. Uh, I remember in high school one time, our I think it was like our senior class when I was like a sophomore or something, rented out like a car, and you got to, you paid like a dollar or something. You got to hit the car with like a baseball bat. It was like an old beat up car. They paint Fenville and they on painted it? you know yeah. FHS Blackhawks and all that stuff on there. And then also there was an incident. We had like chairs arranged out on the football field one year uh, for like graduation or something, and uh, students from Fenville allegedly. Well, no, I think they got caught, actually. They had rearranged the chairs into an obscene uh, shape, and I thought that was pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> that was course, pretty hard. When you're in high school, they, yeah. like, that's, yeah, that's kind of how it goes. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. Uh, yeah. But uh, so it was, it was sweet, man. I mean, there was some serious, you know, like vitriol, you know, between the two, like, student sections when I was there, and I was back there uh, Friday. And, yeah, I mean, you can still see it. I, it doesn't seem. I'll be honest with you. It doesn't seem quite as intense as well, I when think, I was there. I think the West Leonard thing changed that. It, it kind did, of brought yeah. the groups together a little bit. So it's yeah. a, it's a little more of a. I don't want to say that it wasn't respected before, but it's a, a little mm-hmm. bit more of a positive rivalry than a vicious rivalry. Yeah. Uh, but still, the intensity on the court is still there. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's not quite as. It's not quite as almost. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. it's, it's not as in, intense as far yeah. as uh, them hating each other. I don't think they hate each other anymore. I think they just want to beat the heck out of it's each other. It's a healthy rivalry. It's a yeah. healthy rivalry, for We're, sure. Yeah, and like I, I mean, I saw Sogatuck, some Sogatuck players, actually, when they were walking out of the locker room after the game, they had their uh, uh, West Leonard Hart team shirts on, you know? Right. It's like, and they're Sogatuck players, you know, just, just, you know, cooling off after the game, whatever. It's like, right. I thought that was kind of cool, you know? It's like, yeah, it's like this 
So now it turned from kind of your standard classic small town rivalry to you know, kind of the special thing that's really unique to this area. Yeah, for sure. I think that's what makes it the best small town rivalry in the state. I used yeah. to say in West Michigan, I think the state is that now, since since the Never Forgotten Games started, the it's it's two communities, but it's one rivalry. And it's like, I know that's kind of cliche to say, but Michigan and Ohio State don't say that. They don't say two communities, no. one rivalry. They say one rivalry, you know, yeah. like they, yeah. there's nothing, they don't. There's not the the I mean they respect that each other's oh, yeah. good but man they hate each other oh, yeah. and the Sogtuck and Fenville like that I have seen that over the years being here covering games change over the years now but it's 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 linked the rivals in a different way that is 100 percent unique and that's really cool to see yeah um, and then the Sog- so Fenville won the game right though it was a close yeah, one the it boys was, game uh, girls won and then uh, the Fenville boys won yep yeah. yep so. Um. Yeah, the songs that girls obviously. Uh, you know, Fenville's kind of. You know, they have one of the best players in the the area, in the state, really. Yeah, the I state, mean, yeah. Corinne, and, she had Corinne Howard. She had twenty eight. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's kind of tough for Fenville, but um, you know, the songs that girls did a nice job. Chris and Morler had a good game. Um. But then for the, the Fenville boys too, I mean, yes, they they're facing a struggling uh, Saugatuck team, but you know, it's like you threw out the record books for the rivalry, and uh, through three quarters, that game was awesome. It was like, you know, oh my gosh, you know, who's gonna win? Uh, and then Fenville kind of made some plays toward the end, made a little run toward the end, and got the win. But uh, it was fun. It was it's always good, you know, no matter what, to watch those two games. So it was for awesome. sure, for sure. And I was at the Hamilton Holland Christian doubleheader at the Civic, and the same thing for the girls. I mean, Hamil- the Hamilton Holland Christian girls matchup is by far our best girls basketball rivalry year in and year out it's our best the best games they you know they usually have pretty top players i mean obviously hamilton's made some pretty deep runs the last few years and holland christian has been you know runner up in the district championship game to hamilton the last few years just because that's their roads went through each other they're in different districts this year by the way but same thing through through almost through three quarters it was a pretty good game um, the first time they played, Holland, the Holland Christian girls just pummeled Hamilton. Uh, AJ Ediger got in foul trouble early, and they couldn't get any offense going. And Hamilton just stunned them at Hamilton. And you knew it wasn't going to be quite like that this time. Uh, but midway through the third, Holland Christian, you know, made a little bit of a run, and you know, some shots weren't falling for Hamilton, and just that separation was enough. And then that continued as shots didn't fall, but it was still pretty electric in there. And then uh, the boys. The boys' rivalry was, you know, it's been a little Holland Christian lopsided the last few years. Hamilton boys have been down uh, the last couple of years, but it was their senior night for the boys at Holland Christian at the Civic. And one of the coolest things I've ever seen happened before the game even started. So, you know, they do the starting lineups, and, you know, sometimes there's a one of the teammates at the end of the, the role that does a high-five handshake thing with them or whatever. And sometimes in high school games they do it with the student section, you know, so a different student comes out and does the high-fives and stuff, which is pretty fun too. Uh, Holland Christian, they started five seniors, and they had their dads at the end of the row to do the uh, run out and do high-fives and handshakes and chest bumps and whatever else. It was awesome. I mean, That's it was cool. really, really yeah. It was really fun to see. To me, that was the most entertaining part of the whole day. But that was that was pretty cool. I've never, I've actually never seen anybody do that with the dads like that. I thought that was pretty neat. It's pretty cool. Um, and then you know they had a big game, and uh, yeah, it, it ended their conference season on a high note. It's been up and down year for a lot of teams. Um, uh, Zealand East uh, swept Holland in their rivalry, although the Holland girls almost swept uh, or almost won 
that game against Zealand East, um, which shows, I mean, gosh, and then Holland, and then they lost to Zealand West in the district you were at yesterday. So Holland finished 0 and 21, but their two best games were their last two games of the year. They almost beat Zealand East and Zealand West back to back, and Zealand East had just upset Holland Christian the game before. I mean, yeah, it's not, yeah, it's just. It just wasn't there until the end, unfortunately for Holland. But yeah, and then uh, you know the West Ottawa Rockford rivalry was was there as well. Um, the boys winning and the girls losing at the end. Um, yeah. But they came back with a vengeance and they played Zealand East in the first round of their district and were up thirteen nothing and seventeen two before the chicks started getting some shots to fall. And that game was just out of hand then which was really strange to see i did not expect a team that beat holland christian to get run like that but west ottawa is good yeah. and that these okay green teams have no idea how west ottawa is because they're not in the same league they don't see each other you know and so they like to run just like the okay the rest of the okay red they run the okay green has some teams that run but they also have some teams that sit down and do a zone and that's what has given holland christian fits they've lost to some teams unity and zealand east that have sat them in a zone and if the shots don't fall you know it's you got to figure out a way around it and they hadn't but it's just it's just been very interesting so yeah so west ottawa has moved on and they will be playing jenison i believe and zealand west is playing hudson what, number two hudsonville yeah on Wednesday, Saugatuck and Black River girls are playing each other, which should be a really good game. Black River, I think, beat them earlier in the season, so that, that'll that be a big one. Fenville's out. They lost in the first round to West Michigan Lutheran. Uh, Christian. West Michigan yeah, Christian. Christian. Western Michigan yeah. Christian. And I always get those two mixed yeah, up. Yeah. And, um, you know, so Zealand East and Holland and Fenville are out. And then Holland Christian, uh, I think, hosts, I want to say Coopersville at the Civic on Wednesday. And... Uh, Hamilton won their first round uh, against Otsego, but they're playing down in Coloma. So they got, I think they got Allegan tomorrow. And then if they win the winner of Coloma and South Haven. So uh, Hamilton, despite having that rough start to the season and having a couple up and down moments, they finished second in the OK Green and they're the favorites to win that district. So mm-hmm. just kind of interesting how that goes. So yeah. then the boys' district start next week. Holland versus West Ottawa. Can't beat that opener. Oh, yeah. Um, at the Dutch Dome. That'll be ooh, a good game. Ooh, yeah. ooh. Uh, but everybody's playing Monday. There's not as many buys. I mean, I think Hamilton has a buy, and maybe Calvary has a buy because there's fewer teams in there. I don't know if they actually have a buy. I think there's just fewer teams in their district. But everybody else is playing Monday. So it's going to be uh, interesting. Uh, from a reporter standpoint, it's going to be really interesting because yeah. we obviously don't have enough people to be at every single game, <laughs> So, which is unfortunate. Uh, we like to be there for, that, for districts for those not even just basketball, you know, we usually like to be there for district volleyball matchups, soccer matchups, you know, everything. So it'll be interesting for sure. But uh, yeah, I think I think the Hamilton girls will probably win their district. The Holland Christian girls could uh, win theirs as well. Um, Black River or Saugatuck is going to be in a final, so they got a shot, you know. I mean, it's just really it's really interesting. Uh, we'll see what West, how West Ottawa does in their semifinal. That'll be an interesting, uh, interesting matchup for sure. And then West Ottawa Hockey is in the regional yeah. final tomorrow as of this taping. Um, that could be a huge win. Bo, you've seen them the last couple of playoff games uh what do they do what have they been doing so well scoring i mean they oh, just yeah. it's as easy as that <laughs> it's here it's as easy as that yeah. no they have i mean they're healthy uh i mean between the luke liner uh owen house camp got her oh uh cam dunn i mean those guys those lines they got are just solid i mean they're just you know i've done a, several features on them throughout the year and you know they're kind of when i first started talking to them you know they're kind of struggling kind of having a little bit of a rough go of it 
And then the, their last, like, I think they've won now, like, seven of their last eight or something like that. And they, they caught fire, man. And, uh, you know, they're coming off an 8-0 win in the district final. So I'm, I'm really, uh, really curious to see. You know, I don't know much about other teams, you know, out there. But as far as them, I mean, I think they caught fire at the right time. They're, they're scoring a lot of goals. Uh, Cole Moore, their, uh, their goalie, is doing really a fantastic job for him. Their coach is... Uh, Caleb Duckworth has been very high on him. So, um, yeah, I'm just really curious to see how far they take this. So they've looked great so far. Sounds good. And then we've got, obviously, the whole women's basketball team is still going strong. They beat Trine in the MIAA championship game to clinch a perfect uh, season heading into the NCAA tournament and also clinch the automatic berth, which we knew they were going to get either way. Uh, they're hosting the first two rounds. Um, they play Lake Grove, right, in the first round mm-hmm. and uh, at DeVos Fieldhouse on Friday. Both just want to talk a l- just a little bit about that matchup with Trine. I mean, it was another close game. Both games against Trine have been close. They played one close game against Albion and then one close game of, you know, a, one non-conference, you know, earlier in the season. That's it, though. I mean, yeah. but they're showing that they are winning the close games now. How big is that the way that win happened heading into the tournament? Huge because I mean, yeah, they they did it three times against Trine, and Trine was ranked all year. Uh, I think they were twenty third, you know, when Hope faced them the last couple times. And they would have been much higher in these close games if they had beat Hope one of the exactly. times. Yeah. yeah, and so yeah, I mean, and they still had the number two scoring defense in the country, right behind Hope. Um, I mean, for them to show that, I'm serious, man. I mean, I think it's going to be really, really interesting what Hope does these next couple weeks here because. You know, just showing that because that's what I wrote about before. It was like, oh, Hope hasn't played in the you know the close games, blah blah blah. But now that's not the case anymore. So now it's like, well, they're just awesome. <laughs> you right. know, it's it's that simple now. And it's the and it's yeah. a close game right before the NCAA yeah. tournament starts. So it's not even like it was so far removed or anything like that. Yeah. It's right there. I think it really the only negative thing you could there's only two really negative things you could say about them and i i don't even think they're really that tangible is the first thing is sydney muller being out but everybody has injuries i mean it just happens that's something that everybody deals with and if there's any team that was going to have an injury it might as well be hope because they have such a deep bench you know so and then the second thing is just basically who's going to catch hope on a bad night you know the thing i haven't seen hope do with maybe exception to the second half of the albion game was have a bad game you know they've never really had that game where they're just sluggish or and even if they started maybe there, but yeah, but yeah. it's not the same. Not a whole game. Yeah. Right. And the closest thing was that Albion game, which they still pulled it out in the end. So, I mean. For sure. Yeah. I'm, those are really the only two concerns, and they're not right. even that big a concern. No. For so. me, the one concern, too, to add to that is the fact that if they if they have a team that, that does have a lead late, who who's getting the ball for hope? I mean, yeah. they're so spread out with their balanced offense, which is great, and that's why they're so good. But in that moment, when you're behind and the game's on the line, who's going to catch fire? Now they have plenty of people that could. Lauren Newman has done it in yeah. games. Kennedy Schoonville has done it in a lot of games, and including an NCAA tournament game, I think, last year, and maybe even a bigger one the year before. Um, Olivia Voskel can do it. Ashley Thomas can do it. Claire Bagley. <laughs> she who, did it again, the other night. Yeah. Right? I mean, even Meg Morris House has had a big yeah. game, and they've had, I mean, it, it's there, and she's had big performances in, you know, high school tournament games and stuff, too. So, but can that happen when the game's on the line? Can you, I mean, they're, they're so good because everyone scores eight points a game on their team. <laughs> yeah. But, but can someone score 24 when they need to? Right. And it doesn't have to be the same person every game, but can they, 
when the chips are down, can they count on that? I don't think that's going to be a bothersome in the first round and maybe not even the second round. But mm-hmm. as they get further, especially as they get away from home, can Kennedy Schoonville take over a game when it needs to be taken over? Can Voskel take over a game when it needs to be taken over? Can Ashley Thomas, can any of them? Like it doesn't. Like I said, it doesn't have to be the same person every time, but they all have the ability to, they're starting five and, and a couple deep on the bench, have the ability to take over a game, but will they? And will they win when the moment is there? That's what's kept them from being Final Four teams in the past is that they've been so balanced and their defense has been so good, but they're playing a team just like them. They're down four points with two minutes to go and – you know, no one be, and no one's used to being the person either, which I think that mentality of not having the person. I mean, I'm not saying that always happens with hope either. They've had the person. They've had Kerry Snickers. They've had Frankie Buchanan. They've had the person plenty. But this team is a little bit unique in the fact that the last couple, you know, they just don't really have that. So it just needs to show up when it when it needs to. And that's sometimes a, a tough switch when you're like you said for, you know, Somebody like I'll pick on. We'll pick on Laura Newman just because that's who I've talked about it with through Kennedy's eyes before. I mean, Laura Newman is so used to scoring a little bit, but dishing the ball out. But if can she flip that switch and attack as the primary offensive threat? If she's the one that needs to be doing that, of course she can. But that's a hard switch sometimes when you've played twenty five games where there isn't a go to player, and now you need a go to player. You know, right. but thankfully they have enough. That could be a go-to player. Yeah, it's not just like there's one or two options there. So I mean, I th- I I see them very fully capable of making the final four, mm-hmm. um, which is really exciting. Um, we'll just we'll have to see what happens, but it'll be yeah. exciting. Maybe they'll just uh, make it easy on themselves, just blow everybody out. <laughs> hey. Yeah, hey, that could be it too. If everyone scores eight to ten, then they're yeah. good. Um, that's eighty points. Yeah, there we go. Um, so. Some other things, other sports happening too. We've got four chicks and three Holland wrestlers headed to the state tournament this weekend as individuals. Um, we'll, we'll keep you posted on that and talk a little, break that down a little bit next week. We have two swimming conferences involved here uh, with our high schools, and we had two local champions. West Ottawa won the OK Red for the seventh year in a row. They're the defending Division One state champions, and even though they graduated well over fifty percent of their points from the state meet last year. They're still ranked number two and have a decent shot at winning, uh, at least a 50-50 shot at winning with a whole bunch of new new people, which is really exciting. Um, and then on the, the OK Green, uh, Zeeland won that one to break the share of the share they had with Holland Christian after that tie in the regular season. Yeah. Um, so Zeeland won the outright, and it's the last ever OK Green swim title. They're going to the OK Rainbow next year with the conference realignment, and it's going to be a little bit different. There's going to be like a double a double rainbow group, you know, so it won't be quite the same as, as it was, uh, but great performances all the way around there. Um, kids making the state meet that hadn't kids winning conference titles that didn't expect it. Always exciting. Um, so congratulations to those teams. Uh, state meet is neck, uh, not this week, but next week. And, um, yeah, I mean, Holland Christians ranked number two in division three, West Ottawa's ranked number two in division one. I think Zealand may be ranked maybe 10 in division one. And, uh, Hamilton is like five or six, I think in division three. So, uh, I don't think Holland's ranked. I think they're an honorable mention, perhaps, but uh, a little bit of a down year for Holland swimming. So, um, but yeah, lots of things there, and uh, we've got some other interesting things happening with local kids. Uh, West Auto graduate Addie Garrick that uh, goes to Hope won her third consecutive indoor MIAA championship in the high jump, 
and helped Hope win the championship there. We've got some other track athletes who are headed to NAIA Nationals, and we've had some inter- some big boxing things happen lately, which you'll read more about in the Sentinel. And uh, but we got to talk about Corey Gorgas from Saugatuck. Yeah. You know, last we heard from him, he had qualified for the Pan Pacific, no Pan American, excuse me, two different things. Pan American, easy for me to say, Pan American <laughs> uh, Games Cross Country. Uh, games championship as a member of team usa for the under 20 race and yeah that was saturday and he won so he won an international race for team usa that's pretty cool (laughs) uh yeah i mean he's he's running at an elite level he goes to northern arizona university which is like a cross-country powerhouse and um you know he's just on the right track for more big things um you know he's a lot of people have asked me if he's you know got a shot at making the olympics this year or something like that probably not um and he would he was the first one to tell me that um but the way track works a little bit differently than swimming where there's uh you know the ages keep going and he's still growing he's got a much better shot at attempting something like this in four years um than this year he's still you know 19 and uh you know dealing with all these professional runners you know and everything like that um but there's very few people that win an international competition for team usa uh i don't care what age bracket you're in that's incredibly huge that might be one of our biggest stories of the the whole year um i mean pan american games is a real deal this is not just like some sort of made up you know whatever or i mean that that's been around a long time yeah and it's i mean so he was the fastest cross-country runner under the age of 20 in this hemisphere that's pretty crazy yeah (laughs) that's that's huge that is that is absolutely huge and it's just and the only reason that doesn't equate the same way to swimming or something else is just the sports different as far as you know where that puts him in the rankings you know worldwide and everything like that um so I mean, it's like we—it's like somebody winning a junior national championship for swimming, which we've only had two of those, and we've had some great swimmers. So, and the only—the one who won more than one junior national championship won six, Courtney Bartholomew, and she ended up on a world record relay for Team USA. Oh my gosh! So that's quite a different level. Yeah. And, but but Corey Gorgas is just about almost at that level for four years from now, being somebody who could possibly be at the trials and in whatever. In cross country, and it's really hard. And plus, you got track stuff to do. He's got to decide, and then maybe he's going to be like, "Well, I'm going to do the marathon instead." When he, but like a lot of times, that's not what you do when you're still in college. Obviously, right. you know. So uh, there's a lot of avenues for him to exploit that speed and endurance. So um, big things, obviously, huge in in general. But when you say it, like I didn't, I didn't actually say it like that in my head before I said it out loud. But fastest under twenty runner in this hemisphere, that's incredible. Yeah. So. Uh, congratulations to him and yeah lots of other little things going on and you know got lots of local athletes contributing at different places um headed to nationals we'll have stories on those uh, in a variety of sports coming up and we'll keep you posted on all the district coverage and uh the the coronavirus has not affected our district coverage yet um it's affecting a lot of national and international sports obviously um and hopefully that will be somehow corralled here pretty soon. I don't like any talk of what should we do about the Olympics. That's always a dangerous thing. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll discuss that more as we get through some of these uh, playoffs, local playoffs. And, you know, when we're having a lean local day in in a couple of weeks here, we'll probably yeah. 
really really dissect where that's at and talk about some more of those uh, national issues but uh everyone's still playing basketball on the boys side monday go somewhere and watch some basketball because just about everybody's playing and i hope women are home this weekend there'll be some district championship games for girls and state wrestling and then we will yeah be back to break all that down next week and look ahead to the state swim meets and uh swim nationals and everything else we've got going so um but yeah get out and watch some basketball while you still can around here and uh yeah enjoy the week for Bo. i'm dan see you next week Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.